Feeling inspired by hosts Ron and Tyler to work on your health? The Movie Buffs podcast is brought to you by Time to Train Fitness, your home for on-demand workouts for every level of fitness. Exercise with amazing certified instructors that want you to push through any barriers. At Time to Train Fitness, you'll find quality workouts across six class formats, including indoor cycling, HIIT, bar, yoga, strength training, and dance cardio. Stream brand new classes releasing every week in our 450 plus on-demand workout library. Use the link in the description to view all of the membership options and to start a free five-day trial. Get ready to press play on your next workout. Hey everybody, Ron Jam here, and I'm excited to talk to you today about our sponsor. For any of my fellow fitness buffs out there who love to train, you also know that hard training leads to aches and pains, and that's why I love today's sponsor, Royal and Pure CBD. Their philosophy is to enhance your life with pure ingredients that you and your pet can feel good taking. Royal and Pure products combine the healing properties of hemp-derived CBD with other active botanical ingredients to enrich your daily activities and ease the aches, inflammation, and pains that come from being active, aging, or just daily life. I use their salve on all my achy spots, especially on my recovery days, and I always use their PM tincture to help me get a great night's sleep and recover to hit it hard the next day. They're offering our listeners 20% off at checkout by using code RONJAM20. So if you're interested in checking out their great products and seeing just how helpful they can be, visit royalandpure.com and use code RONJAM20 at checkout for 20% off. Okay, time for the show. Uh, hello, hello. This just in, fellow film fitness freaks, fanatics, and enthusiasts. Welcome back to episode six of the Movie Buffs podcast, the strongest podcast in the world about movies. Today, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat as it is our first ever episode covering a little film by Lana Wachowski, a film that is loved by many, hated by others, misunderstood, and appreciated. A film called Cloud Atlas. <laughs> And stay tuned all the way to the end when we will discuss and settle the age-old debate, paper or plastic. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Ron Jam, joined by the man who needs no introduction. Hey, Tyler, how's it going, man? <laughs> I was a little disappointed you didn't say Speed Racer since I put it on last <laughs> night just to kind of get ready for this episode. Yeah, I missed a trick on that one. But next time. All right, well, hopefully everybody was confused for a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> so how are things going, man? How's your week? It's going as my usual pre-podcast recording session. I did my workout. I wish I had a little bit more time because I didn't get to finish, but <laughs> I'm feeling juiced. I'm feeling ready. You going back into the gym right after this? Uh, no. Since I'm an hour ahead of you, I will be eating my dinner. Uh, whatever. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Pretty good. I also didn't get to finish my uh, workout today, but I got everything but one set of my last circuit done. So I called it a day. I got a small joke for for listeners that I kind of feel like I'm turning into like one of those Instagram people you see like that are like preaching about, oh, do this, do that, do this, do that. Because I got these minimalist shoes for Christmas. I've been wanting to try some because I did a different podcast. I am a host of different podcasts and he cheats not just on this us. one. I do. And the podiatrist that came on was talking about different surfaces and how you should give your feet different surfaces, different set, different things for it to to feel for your nervous system. And <laughs> I wanted to try these minimalist shoes, so I got them. And now I feel like I'm totally turning in one of those people. Like all of a sudden I'm going to be preaching about using a tennis ball to do some type of uh, trigger point or something like that. Hey man, sometimes it works. <laughs> I go the most minimalist shoes. I just always work out either barefoot or in my socks, depending on where I'm at. That could That is part of it. Different surfaces, man. Different yep, textures. Really. It's funny today I had to do some of my jumping work because it was a lower body exercise day and it was like 42 degrees. So landing on the gym floor barefoot in that weather was freaking horrible, but I did it because uh, I'm a movie buff and we don't quit. No quitting. You got any news for me so we can get warmed up? It's cold. Time to, time to warm it up. Got to get daddy warm on the other side over there. Yes, we do. Well, something interesting that we can all start to speculate now. One of the big... Marvel movies coming up is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. One of the ones that we have talked about already was Shang-Chi. And the actor from it, Simu Liu, supposedly is denying rumors that he's in it. That's not the question I'm going to throw at you. What <laughs> I am going to throw at you now is that do you think that seeing more crossover of bigger characters is going to be a thing in the MCU? I think so. Uh, I can almost guarantee that he is in it. 
since anybody who saw, saw Shang-Chi knows that he was with Wong at the end of that movie. <laughs> um, I think or I know for a fact that Doctor Strange just went back for six weeks of reshoots, which is mm. almost 40 to 50 percent of a principal shooting time. So that much work right after Spider-Man comes out tells me that they were thinking of stuff. They tried it on Spider-Man. Spider-Man's doing well. People are liking it. They're adding it to Doctor Strange. Very good point. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some uh, some of the multiverse characters being characters that are from dead universes or people that may be dead in the universe. And I think it's going to be an exciting movie. Um, the trailer we saw of it, it wasn't I didn't like it. It wasn't good. Didn't me either. feel anything at all. But I think the movie's going to be exciting. I will say that I was not the biggest fan of the trailer either. I kind of goes more into my original thoughts. Don't get me wrong. I like the director that they got to replace the old one. Uh, it just, he's different. <laughs> um, Sam Raimi is a different kind of director. If you've mm. seen other movies he's done and I just didn't know if he will fit into the MCU. That's not anything against him. He makes good movies, interesting movies. I just don't know if his style, because he has a, a very distinct style with it. If you watch Spider-Man and then you go watch, I'm trying to, I'm drawing a blank on the Western movie that he did, but they are almost, it's almost like it was the same type of filming style because it is because the same <laughs> director. So um, that's what I'm more worried about, but I do think we will see some crossovers as well. Next piece I got for you, still in the MCU. So were you a fan of The Walking Dead? No. Okay. That's well, a capital N A O. <laughs> so you probably don't know the the character from, that Norman Reedus plays. I know uh, Daryl. I I'm aware. I'm in the zeitgeist. Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't know that because <laughs> you said you didn't watch it. But Daryl Dixon, the guy with the crossbow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so fans are calling for Norman Reedus to play Ghost Rider, and I will say that he's, in my opinion, not an A-list actor. And that's a rather big character. Do you think main characters could be non-A-listers? I think I'd prefer non-A-listers. We have plenty of mm. giant talent with Angelina Jolie getting wasted in the Eternals. Sorry, Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you look back when they started the MCU, Robert Downey Jr., he's always been a big name, but he was not an A-list actor at all in 2008. Chris mm. Evans was a guy who'd been in a lot of stuff, who people liked, but he was not an A-list actor. Chris Hemsworth was almost un completely unknown before he got cast mm. as Thor. So A-list actors is not what the universe is built upon. It's on the IP. It's on good execution. It's on great storytelling. So I don't think him being an A-lister should hamper it at all. Um, I think he might do a good ghostwriter. I like Nicolas Cage's ghostwriter because it was weird and zany. And I like Nicolas Cage. I also mm -hmm. really like uh, Gabe Luna's um, Robbie Reyes from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really cool representation. It's a different guy, but he's still a ghostwriter. I feel bring them all back. You know what? Multiverse them all in. Norman Reedus. Ooh. As one, there's multiple different ghostwriters anyway. So just do them as a third ghostwriter, have them all be in there. There's a very interesting comic arc. I didn't read all of it, but I've seen some of it uh, that a cosmic ghostwriter comes back in time to stop the current ghostwriter from killing a baby Thanos. And he has a baby Thanos strapped to his chest, and all this wild shit happens. I think it'd be a cool uh, use of a character with this kind of weird, almost unlimited power powered by hell. He, it's not a guy you're really wanting go off and hang out with war machine like it doesn't why is this guy from hell first of all hell's real <laughs> and why is he hanging out with this like you know army colonel doesn't make any sense so i feel like giving him these weird stories kind of like dr strange is like they're too powerful keep them separate give them weird shit to do that's mm. my pitch mm. i feel like if somebody is looking to write the story right there ron just helps you out big time story take notes <laughs> call ron He's ready. Okay. I'm ready. ready. My phone number is, uh, I didn't have time. I was going to pull up your number and yell it. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, boy. Well, oh, next piece. My phone number is 281-330-800. Hit Mike Jones up on the low because Mike Jones about to blow. Anybody remember <laughs> that one? I think you're dating yourself with that one. Oh, hold on. One, one more phone number joke. Uh, it's 678-999-8212. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> that's kiss me through the phone. Kiss me through the phone. I'll see you when I get home. This podcast has it all. Music, Muppets, laughter. What more could you ask for? <laughs> they could ask for more news, which oh. I'm going to go right into right now. Well, a very controversial movie that I saw the story actually popped on the movie right after because it had me thinking about it was Solo, a Star Wars story. 
I am actually a fan of it. I didn't mind the movie at all. I liked it. I thought it was well-made. I know that a lot of fans did not think it. Let me stop you right there. No. It should have been well-made because they made it twice. <laughs> yeah. For how much money they spent on it, <laughs> it should have been made well. So an interesting piece, element of this whole story, and the question I'm going to ask you in a second, is now in movies, MCU movies, DCU movies, Star Wars shows, is you start seeing all these little... What are they called? You start seeing all these little uh, features of characters that mm. deep cut characters. You're starting to see all the fan favorites just making appearances in them. So in this article I read, the writer, one of the co-writers of it, Jonathan Kasdan, he spoke about not being able to use Boba Fett in Solo. Huh. So do you think that having Solo or even just in general, hitting all the favorites do you think that's the road to success with movies these days? I think it depends on how it's done. It's really easy for some of this stuff. I actually heard this criticism lobbied at Far From Home, which I won't go into details, but mm -hmm. uh, people are saying that, you know, sometimes when it's all just fanfare and like things that are just fan service, it does mm -hmm. tend to date the movie. And mm -hmm. like, if you're thinking critically about some movies that do a lot of that, if you removed the fan service element and the narrative that we all know because we saw the other versions or, you know, we know Boba Fett, whatever, would it still be a good story? Mm. And so a lot of times it ends up the answer being kind of no. Like, well, if I didn't already know who this guy was and I know that this, 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 what the hell is happening? Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like it's good to kind of limit that stuff. Although I think solo, I watched it at your house. <laughs> uh, it was a fun <laughs> movie. I do think it could have benefited from Boba Fett because when we see them, in Empire Strikes Back, it is hinted that they know each other. They've had a history. It would have been cool to start seeing some of that. And I am positive that the only reason they said you couldn't use Boba Fett and Solo is because they plan on using him for number Solo 2. <laughs> because there's no way that Disney and Lucasfilm would, would pass on that. I'm not going to comment on that. I'm going to comment on that does bring back memories that I did have to convince you to watch solo at my house. <laughs> Honestly, I had to convince you to come over to watch it for free because you yeah. refused to go watch it in the theaters. Yeah. <laughs> it was you and the inclusion of Donald Glover that got me to watch it. That was it. That, that's where we're, that's where I'm going to finish with it, with my news. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Donald Glover, somebody who was in Spider-Man homecoming, Spider-Man has crossed the $1 billion mark after two weeks. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that makes it Sony's highest grossing film ever. Tyler, do you have any thoughts on that? I think it does uh, tell us that people are going back to the movies, mm -hmm. that movies can be a hit. I think Hollywood in general has had to modify the types of movies that or even the frequency probably of mm -hmm. the type of movies that are coming out. Um, I think that oh, the Academy Awards, I haven't even heard about it. Like, what movies are going to be nominated yet, or even that type of movie? I think those might see a hit. Mm. Um, but comic book movies, Marvel, DCEU, going strong. That's what it really says to me. <laughs> Does it make you reconsider your feelings of Tom Holland's acting ability? I've, I have to go back. <laughs> I have said that <laughs> in this podcast that it's him outside of Spider Man. In Spider Man, he's fine. As Spider-Man in other movies, he's fine. Outside of it, I don't want a piece of it. I'm putting what it movie there. are you referring to that you saw him and that you didn't like? The trailer for Cherry. <laughs> I love that we're both basing our entire <laughs> thesis of his acting career on a trailer for a movie we didn't watch. Just, <laughs> I thought he looked good in the trailer. You thought he looked horrible. I thought Start it was the me. worst piece of, <laughs> of cinema I've ever seen. <laughs> Worst piece of cinema you've never seen. I saw it. That's all I needed to see. <laughs> you're saying that on Uncharted, that looks great. You're telling, come on, you're lying to me. I don't know. It looks like he's falling out of a building or a plane or whatever. I swear they put the same scene in the trailer twice, the whole falling out of the, the airplane. I think it's in there twice and I, they just forgot. That they I know that that, that is also in the trailer for like Uncharted 2. So they just did the same trailer as they did for the video game. So <laughs> whatever. Well, speaking of Spider-Man, Morbius. I know we're all looking forward to him. We can't stop thinking about him. We can't get enough of Dr. Michael Dracula Morbius. So today, not today, the time I wrote this down <laughs> two days ago, Morbius had a runtime revealed to be one hour and 48 minutes, which is, of course, 108 minutes too long. Tyler, what do you think about this runtime? 
I think it's the mixture, the Sony mixture, where they just <laughs> cut everything out. Anything that has to do with story, that has to do with character development, I think that says to me, it's all gone. It's all gone. <laughs> it's just going to be a run through the movie, some action, some blo- thing, things blowing up, a couple gunshots. A couple callbacks, a couple name callbacks, drops. Boom. Movie done. And you have no idea what happened in it. That's <laughs> kind of what it tells me. I, I might be right. I disagree. Only because I don't think any of that stuff was in it to begin with. I don't think they had any character <laughs> development. I think they made them cut the explosions a little shorter. <laughs> Almost as seeing that, I, I wish that we had some clips of the old podcast. But when we talked about the first Venom, the one scene when they're driving through San Francisco, when Tom Hardy's on the motorcycle... They literally use the same location multiple times. Like he drives by the same buildings despite just acting like in he's circles. Yeah, literally just driving in circles. <laughs> it gets, you can't move the set. Like what is going on here? Like you, you don't think people will notice the same storefront, the same sign? Come on. Not a very good car chase when you're going in circles. Somebody should just stop and wait for him to come back around. <laughs> oh man, Morbius. Not set up for success. No, 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 no. Uh, rumors abound for Doctor Strange 2. Earlier today, it was reported via the Diz Insider that Black Bolt is rumored to return uh, and appear in Doctor Strange 2. Black Bolt, of course, being the leader of the uh, Inhumans, not the Eternals. Close enough. Uh, and Black Bolt, for all those who don't know, his real name is Blackagar Boltagon. Now, how stupid is that, Tyler? <laughs> Did they even try with that one? <laughs> they did not. What's going on? They came up with a nickname and worked backwards. I actually have uh, a funny sketch that I wrote and we never filmed, but it was about if everybody else like used Superman's secret identity, just kind of mm-hmm. going off the thing of, uh, you know, if someone thought like, oh, his name's not Spider-Man. It's not like Dave mm-hmm. Spider-Man, it's Spider-Man. So my my pitch was if Aquaman tried to use Superman's secret identity. So Aquaman is in a job interview, right? Shirtless, tatted up, long hair, uh, soaking wet fish scale pants holding a trident and he has a tie and glasses on and hilarity obviously ensues. But so that's what I thought of when, <laughs> when they name him black agar boltagon or just black bolt at the piece that, well, you're talking about this, that I think we got to point out is that I didn't know who that character was because I didn't <laughs> watch the inhumans. Uh, I don't, I don't think a lot of people, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people watched it. <laughs> I think what did they, they get canceled like mid series. I think they did six episodes. Okay, so they made it through, but they obviously didn't get a second one. Now, Tyler, the Inhumans famously live on the moon, right? Okay. Quick question. Where do you think the Inhumans television show takes place? <laughs> Just New York? No. Um, Chicago? No. Saturn? No. One more, one more and I'll give it to you. Uranus. No, it's on an empty uh, street and an empty beach in Honolulu. That's where the whole show takes place. They're in a, a beach and they get lost in the forest and they're also on the street in Honolulu and that's it. <laughs> I don't know how that could even be like written. Like, How does that even come up to... They just like throw things at a, at a dartboard they and hopefully like, they hit something? I think one of the... I think it might have been... I forget his name. I want to say Ike Perlmutter, but I don't know if that was him. But whoever was in charge of Marvel at the time, who was before Feige got promoted, Mm -hmm. um, was a really big fan of the Inhumans. And because they didn't have X-Men, this person was like, we're going to make Inhumans the new X-Men. So if you recall, when they announced like their slate like that in 2012, when they announced all the big stuff to come, Inhumans Mm -hmm. was on there. And Vin Diesel was tapped to play Black Bolt in person. Because Black Bolt (laughs) doesn't speak and Groot is a voice acting role, so it wouldn't have interfered. Um, but anyway, so this guy had burned a couple bridges and I guess Feige got up higher and said, you know, this guy, his project, we're making it a bad TV show. And I think that's how that happened (laughs) because they'd already started the gears to make it. And he just, somebody turfed it because this turned out really badly. Oh yeah. So are you excited to see this character you don't know anything about and don't like, and don't care to see return in Dr. Strange? I guess it'll be interesting to see. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. Maybe they'll bring him back as uh, Vin Diesel and he'll be driving a 72 Dodge Charger and he'll have no sleeves and he'll go because he's not allowed to talk because his power is that he has uh, this voice that can like explode buildings. Anyway, uh, Batman got a new trailer. I didn't watch it and I won't watch it because I want to be surprised when the movie comes out. Did you watch it? <laughs> I did. And I did want to talk about it. I no, think. Don't. don't. 
Don't, don't, no. Nope. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I will say that it gives you a lot more insight to it. You see a lot more characters. You see a little bit more of Gotham. Uh-huh. Uh, from what I understand in it, that Batman, Bruce Wayne, he doesn't have- Whoa, whoa, any, whoa, 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 spoiler alert. He has <laughs> no desire to be the persona of Bruce Wayne, the billionaire, the- uh, philanthropist the guy that's going out partying buying all the The genius billionaire playboy philanthropist yes he has no desire to be that person he's more about revenge Mm -hmm. and so it's interesting to see a little bit more of that you get a little more scene of scenes of the riddler from what the guy that i watch on youtube the one that you throw jokes at but i'm not going to get into it he says the movies kind of like um what is it uh, like the saw movies combined with like the zodiac where they're kind of like games that yeah, i can see that from just the aesthetic that it, mm-hmm. it portrays the batman's going through and i think it just continues to build more confidence mm-hmm confidence in this story it's an area of the batman that we haven't seen yet so mm-hmm. i think that'll be fascinating the world building i think it builds more confidence that with the spin-offs. so mm-hmm. i like what they're doing with this trailer they showed a little more of batman and catwoman their interactions mm-hmm. so i'm pretty excited yeah i'm excited for the movie too i'm only avoiding it because as we know wb is notorious at showing the end of the movie in the trailers Batman versus Superman, but I am excited for this this new direction. I like what you said about we're seeing a, a side of Batman we haven't seen. We, we have seen so many versions, but we haven't mm-hmm. really seen. Uh, we've seen psychologically disturbed. We've seen violent ones. But we've never I mean, we've seen cartoony ones. We've never seen him actually be this detective. So then mm-hmm. to set it up as this kind of seven style detective film is really cool. And I love seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Spacey, notwithstanding. And I have heard <laughs> Robert Pattinson say that he's kind of playing him at least for this version, he, he said he's mapped out where he's going to go over three at least. So he really hopes they can keep doing it. But that he said mm-hmm. in this version, he's playing him kind of like uh, Kurt Cobain, which is fitting because um, something in the way plays on most of the trailers, the, the Nirvana song. But he's playing him like Kurt Cobain, a man who's like kind of only thing in his life is this, you know, for Kurt, it was music. Uh, and then for Bruce, it's just justice, vengeance, night. You know, so I think it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm really excited to see it. You got any other news mm-hmm. or any trailers for me, Tyler? Just one more trailer. And it kind of continues our, our thought process with our last podcast episode, which, de- which you should definitely go check out. When we talked about a variety of trailers that mm-hmm. were in front of Spider-Man and the movie that we're going to review later on in this episode is going to be The Matrix. And one of the Wait, no, trailers. Wait, no, I, I told everybody it was Cloud Atlas, dude. <laughs> One of the, the trailers that came before The Matrix was a little one called The Lost City. And I don't know if you remember this one, Ronald, so I'm going to jog your memory mm-hmm, jog with it. it. So this one had Sandra Bullock, Daniel Radcliffe, Channing Tatum. Um, Sandra Bullock, essentially some type of writer, and she she uh, gets uh, hired by Daniel Radcliffe's character in this trailer to go find some Lost City along those same lines. Uh, Channing Tatum is playing some type of Fabio person Mm -hmm. that he's not the real person, but he thinks he is. And it kind of goes along with our, our talk about last week with dog and where's, where's this actor going? What is he doing? If you see this trailer, I honestly was a little embarrassed. I I was just talking about recently with my wife about Sandra Bullock. Oh, you, you haven't really, you don't really hear much about her private life. You don't really see her. Like, what is she doing these in the last couple of years? And then all of a sudden this trailer comes out and you're like, what is this? Like, I honestly thought this was like a straight to like on-demand movie. And then all of a sudden Brad Pitt comes in. I'm like, why is Brad Pitt in this? Like, why is he ruining his career? What is he doing? And I just don't even understand why they would make this movie. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I do. And one, don't besmirch Charming Taint Man, okay? He has been screwed over over and over again by Fox because they promised him they were making a Gambit movie in 2010. And it's been 11 years and he just won't freaking make the movie. I think think he needs to put that aside. He is well and truly aged out of it. Yeah, he has (laughs) aged way the hell out of it. He was screwed over when the Sony leaks happened because they were going to do MIB Jump Street. 
23 Jump Street was going to be a crossover with MIB where him and Jonah Hill were going to join the men in black. That mm-hmm. got the kibosh because of the Sony hacks. The guy's got bad luck. Sure, he's very rich. Sure, he can do whatever the heck he wants. Sure, he doesn't have to work anymore, but feel bad for this guy, okay? He can dance, okay? I think he can <laughs> sing. He's got it all, but he doesn't have is a good movie with The Lost City. Am I going to watch it? Yeah, because it looks kind of cute. No. I'm, gonna, not. I'm not watching it. Well, I will watch the theater. This might be one of the ones I use for my uh, one of my free movies that my wife will actually agree to go to without me forcing her, <laughs> bribing her to go. Nice. Well, uh, we're going to see how smart Ronald is with upcoming movies in 2022. So a little background to this is that this list is ever-changing. If you ever go on IMDb, you scroll down, you see the popular movies, trending movies. And as with any list that are trending, things change. So the first time that I saw this list, it's different than the second time, than the third time, and the fourth time. Until today, when we're recording. So we're going to see now if Ron can name the top 10 popular movies of 2022 as of today on IMDb in their trending list. So Ron, when you're ready... Let's start the timer and let's see how many you can get. Wait, how much time do I have? As much as you want. Okay, good. Because I'm going to need a second. This is a test. So what I like to do is get studious. I'm taking out my contact lenses, putting on my horned rimmed glasses, putting on my elbow patch tweed cardigan, smoking a corn cob pipe and taking a sip of some lukewarm throat coat tea out of my Wonder Woman glass and getting ready. Stop time wasting Ronald. Oh, wait. Sorry. Okay. Movie number. uh, Okay. I'm just going to no particular order. No particular order. Flash. The Batman. Um, Black no. Adam, no. Um, Aquaman two, no. Um, it's three strikes, man. Keep going. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Secret of Dumbledore. Ooh, that's not called that, but I'll give you it. Got it. Okay. Uh, that's one <laughs> out, of, out of ten. The one about the guys in um, he does mysteries. Just... Sherlock Holmes. No. If you literally just named movies that we've talked about on this podcast, even this episode, you probably get a few. Okay, cool. Uh, Doctor Strange. <laughs> yes. Nice. Uh, Lost City. Lost City. Oh, how did you? That was like the one that I actually we just talked about. It. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> no. Ambulance. And we should have talked more about ambulance in the trailers, but no. Moonfall. No. The Kurt Warner movie. That's out already. Shit. No. West Side Story. No. Twenty twenty two. That's already out. I think you're like maybe <laughs> at least like twenty percent. <gasps> uh speed racer all right i think it's time for you to reveal them because i'm not doing very good like i said you just needed to name some of the movies that we've talked about like the batman i said that you didn't i did i said batman flash black adam i think i just heard flash uncharted uncharted that's how mark Wahlberg says it when he shows up to meetings they go uh mark you're on it on city he's like oh i'm wanted on safe uncharted scream scream okay Morbius. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a movie. So <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, I read about that bad boy. And then one that I have not heard of, Death on the Nile. Oh, I'm excited for that one, actually. Actually, I did see the trailer for that. So actually, I do know what that one is. And then the last one, which I just saw half the trailer because we walked in a little late, but <laughs> The Northman. The hell is that? It's the number one. And it had, oh, I read. know what it is. It's Alexander Skarsgård. There you go. I just don't care. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to go into this. But I just, I don't want to see a Viking. I don't want to see some blonde-haired white guy go into other people's villages and take stuff. We, we've we all been to history class. That's what happens. Okay, we know what they do. So to finish this out, of this 10, are any surprises, first of all? I'm shocked people are excited for Morbius. I was thinking more along the lines of like movies that weren't in the top 10 at the moment, like Avatar, Jurassic World, Spider-Man, Top Gun. Yeah, Sonic. I'm surprised people aren't more excited for The Flash. Uh, I'm surprised anyone's excited for to The North Dude. I think that one has got to be one of the PAs is spamming IMDb voting for that. To give a little background, I wanted to know what, what other movies were coming out in 2022. And I mean, you scroll down this list and you get reminded, oh, wow, there's actually some good movies coming out next year, like Mission Impossible 7. Oh, hell yeah. Black Panther. I can't wait to do our Mission Impossible Rewind. Knives Out 2. Ooh, Spoons In. Aquaman. I mean, tons of movies. Lightyear. You got things to look forward to. Second question to round. Aquaman 2, colon, still wet. (laughs) Question two to finish this off. In the top 10, what are your three that you're looking for? Looking forward to. If I remembered the top 10, I'd give you really coherent answers, but I don't. So I'm going to say Black Adam, The Batman, 
and Love and Thunder. So two of those were actually on here. So hell yeah, that was an accident. <laughs> All right. So what's next? What's next? What's next? We have our segment on getting to know the movie buffs. Mm, Tyler's going to give out his social security number. Well, with this one, with getting to know the movie buffs, every ne- every time that you're watching TV, watching Netflix, or one of the many that are out there, the streaming platforms, you start to think about, oh man, I like this show. And then all of a sudden you start scrolling through industry news and then you realize that what? this didn't get a second season (laughs) and that's where we're going to go with this segment of getting to know the movie buffs shows that tyler wishes got a second season so first one on this list that i'm going to go into and it's probably one that nobody's heard of and that's okay (laughs) and it's one that my wife constantly makes fun of me for because she doesn't understand why i liked the show but it was almost human on fox have you ever heard of it, Ronald? It's with Carl Urban, Michael Ely, and essentially my, Carl Urban is a cop. They're both cops, but one is an android, and they basically partner up, and they protect and serve. And it was super cheesy, but <laughs> I don't know why I liked it, but it definitely got canceled after the first season. And if you heard my little uh, spiel about it right there, you can probably say, okay, how many cop team-ups have we seen? And that's why it got canceled. Yeah, too many. <laughs> too many. Number two, and this one just came out this year, and it was one that I could see why it got canceled. It wasn't the best, uh, but they definitely dumped a ton of money into it, but Jupiter's Legacy. Did you watch that on Netflix? I did. I'm not saying that I I loved it, but I want to know what happens. It literally ends with them showing how they got their powers, and that's it. I want to know what happens in the second season. I know all the stuff that's going to happen because I uh, looked into the comic book thing of it. But I got to say, I've heard this about people who were big fans of the comic books and people who reviewed it is that Mm -hmm. they picked the most boring part of the comic book to spend the whole first (laughs) season doing. And I agree that show was a freaking chore to watch. It was so boring. Everything was so boring. It looked like a slightly more expensive CW show. I I did like it, but it was very boring. And for somebody who hates on CW, you won't watch Superman and Lois, but you spent most of your life watching Jupiter's Legacy on repeat. I don't get it. The one time that I'll let you talk about CW in this podcast (laughs) right there. So Jupiter's Legacy was number two. Third one in this, and this one actually came out in 2016. So quite a while ago. And I know that James Franco is on a lot of people's shit list these days, but he did this, I think it was a Stephen King adaptation, but 11 So essentially he plays a teacher that travels back in time to prevent JFK's assassination. And he meets these characters, falls in love. It was well-made and it was fascinating to watch. Did you ever watch that one? Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's me answering with a mouthful of peanut butter. It's a new character I just created to get out of answering stuff about a show I don't know anything about. Interesting story. Fascinating to watch. If you want to go check it out, it's on Hulu. I recommend it. If you just need something to watch, you want to watch something new. I feel like I always see that question on Facebook these days. Oh, what are people watching these days? 11, 22, 63. Last one on my list that I was late to the game on this one and I don't have any reason why. I don't know why I didn't watch Freaks and Geeks, but <laughs> we finally watched it. We sat down and I feel like one of the more amazing things about having this one on the list is that I think this Freaks and Geeks had like 16 episodes, which was crazy. Like these days, what do shows get for on TV, Ron? Now it's usually about 24. Okay, never mind. Well, I was completely wrong with that, <laughs> where I was going with that, but I was blown away because I, I don't watch ABC. I don't watch NBC shows. Um, I'm, I'm super snob and I watch just premium stuff. He's a premium guy. All day premiums. But all the people, all the characters, all the comedians that you love these days, everybody is in Freaks and Geeks. Everybody. You can't even, you throw a rock at any movie, comedy, they're in it. Did you enjoy Freaks and Geeks? Uh, I saw most of it. Uh, I thought it was fine. It was cool. It wasn't it was uh, fine. That's it. Didn't didn't blow my hair back. Didn't make my ears fall off. Didn't wipe my whistle. Didn't spooge my tooge, if you know what I mean. Ron, to finish out, getting to know the movie buffs, what is a show that you wish got a second season? What? You're going to spring this on me? I didn't even think about it. I wish fucking Cowboy Bebop got a second season. Netflix <laughs> is notorious because they don't reveal any of their numbers. They just say, oh, this was a hit or this wasn't. They do not tell you why they've canceled things. Cowboy Bebop had mostly positive uh, reviews. People 
like it obviously has a huge fan base and between seasons they just quietly said we're not making another one and i'm pissed now i'm like not even i'm contemplating not finishing the season of the live action one because i know we're not going to get more which is one of the things i love about anime is that they usually will do like 50 episodes but they'll do it like in a row and then it's just over like it's the whole story and that's it i didn't watch cowboy bebop i see the looper videos about why it didn't get a second season, but of course I don't watch it because I have no idea about what it is. <laughs> and all I'm going to say is, Ron, you really had your one F, F word of the episode. So you're going to figure out which one you're going to head out because you can't have two. Just putting it out there. Shoot, where was my other one? You dropped this somewhere like 20 minutes ago. Oh, man. I feel bad for our editor, Nor, when he gets <laughs> to this. It's going to be a pain in the beeswax. You got to find that, that other one. <laughs> all right. So that's my uh, my answer and I'm sticking to it. You think we're warmed up? You think we're ready to get to work? I'm feeling pretty warm. Work and set. Work and set. Work and set. I, I just, I'm just trying out new stuff. So it's time for the working set, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about, what were we talking about again? <laughs> Cloud Atlas, right? Yeah. Speed Racer. Yeah, I thought of Speed Racer. We're talking about Speed Racer. So Speed Racer is a 2009. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Tyler. So once you run us down, uh, some background information on the Matrix Resurrections. Unlike the first three that were out there that were done by the Wachowskis, this one was just done by Lana Wachowski. So with this one, a lot of trailers building up to it, hyping up Matrix Revolutions, and a lot of talk about the cast. Trying to guess who was in it, what characters they were playing, and pre-spoilers, I'm just going to give the names of some of the bigger names because they got Jonathan Groff on it a pretty well-liked actor these days. Uh, NPH is in it. Uh, they got, you got to say this guy's name. <laughs> Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. I know you've said it, so I know you know his name. And of course, <laughs> Keanu and Carrie and Moss are in it. With this one, premise essentially is that they return to the Matrix. But of course, there's some twists in it, uh, especially with how they left it in the last one. Matrix Revolutions, they're supposed to be peace. So how did all of a sudden, how are they fighting the machines again? Mm -hmm. Is um, Smith in it? All these pieces we're wondering about going into it. And what I'm going to say is that a lot of it is not what you think from the trailers. Ron, what is your initial response to it? What's your spoiler-free review? Spoiler-free review, I got to say this one, it kind of... I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to give away my uh, recommendation or my total feelings about it. I would just say, I think there are a lot of good ideas. Um, there are some execution to be, uh, leaves a little bit to be desired. Mm -hmm. I think the script and the direction really kind of suffered a bit at losing Lily Wachowski. I think the two of them working together provided mm -hmm. a good sort of checks and balances and made the ones that they were involved in together much more well-rounded. Whereas I feel this one does tend to leave some threads loose in a way that the other ones didn't. Even though I know two and three were one big interconnected movie and some people get lost in the narrative they form there. When you watch it all at once, it is very tight. Like everything kind of comes back around and, and sews itself together. Mm -hmm. uh, and without giving too much away, I don't feel this one does that the same. However, uh, you know, maybe they'll be doing a two and three and we'll get to that later. But so maybe these threads will be picked up later. That's my mm -hmm. spoiler free review. Interesting. Interesting. My non-spoiler will probably hint at what my recommendation is to be. And I don't care for that. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to say that when you originally watched the Matrix, and then the two following. You watched because you wanted to be amazed. Not only were the scenes, the choreography, I mean, a lot of the choreography set up movies that we're watching today. John Wick, some of the Marvel movies, some of those stunt coordinators, fight coordinators come from there. So you watch them to just be blown away of what's happening, the innovation. I mean, how many movies made fun of or copied some of the things that you see in The Matrix? And I think that these days, it's hard. It's hard to innovate when you freaking got James Cameron making up technology for his <laughs> movies and audiences these days, they're just pre-set up for amazing fight scenes, amazing filming. And so I think it's hard when you try to go back to a property that kind of innovated what we see today and you just use that same mixture. You use mm -hmm. the same mix. He didn't push it forward. That's kind of my first feelings about it. There was one scene in the beginning where I honestly just was not impressed at all. <laughs> I just thought that it honestly looked like it was filmed on a back lot and, and that Michael Bay was filming it. Things were blowing up. Sparks <laughs> were flying when they didn't need to. And you're like, this is the Matrix. Like, I can tell that's not 
that's that's honestly a back lot. That's a set. Like, <laughs> what's going on here? I think I agree with what you said about it. Does it did make itself so hard to top because it was so instantly iconic? Yeah, I totally agree with that. But the scene you're talking about, to be fair to the movie, it is a fake simulation within the movie. So it's mm-hmm. it wasn't supposed to be a realistic scene. <laughs> and uh, you can say, say anything positive you want. That's okay. We're not talking <laughs> about spoilers yet. Um, another piece of this movie that I'm not a fan of movies that break the fourth wall, Deadpool. Mm. I know that that's a fan favorite Deadpool and the second Deadpool. I don't like when movies do that. I like to be kind of just engulfed in what's going on. That's fair. This does not necessarily, I'm not going to give away the story of it, but I don't like how they kind of threw back pieces from the first three. I think the way that they intertwined them was just kind of like, eh, it didn't really, it didn't really play for me as it might for others. That's just my opinion though. That's another point of criticism that I definitely agree with. I thought for anybody who hasn't seen it, this isn't a spoiler, but they'll mention things from the original trilogy and then they'll show clips of it almost like yeah. it's a, a trailer. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a little lazy, a little ham-fisted. I, I know I know a lot of people were confused by the original trilogy, so I get that impulse, but it does make you feel like, hey guys, do you think we're dumb? Like all of this is on HBO. I I, I literally watched them the day before. And if someone's confused, <laughs> the internet, like don't show me the movie again. Speaking of HBO, for the first like 25 minutes, I was kind of feeling like, dang, I should just watch this on HBO Max. So I guess before we go, this will be the end of the spoiler-free discussion right now. Tyler, do you recommend someone go watch this in theater? I honestly, if you have HBO Max, I would just watch HBO Max. And that's kind of harsh to say. I think if you're a fan of these movies, you should go see it in theaters only because that is going to give them the the push to make more and maybe tie up some of the stuff that we don't find out about. But if you're just a casual fan and you're just interested to see what's going on, definitely check it out on HBO Max. I wouldn't say to give this a skip, even if you don't love the movie. It's There's still a lot of entertaining stuff happening there. Uh, Keanu Reeves is great as always. So I feel give it a watch one way or the other and Come back and let us know how you feel about it. So that's it for spoiler free. Tyler, I know you want to spoil some stuff. I can feel it in your heart. Go have fun. I'm going to throw a little joke in to lighten up my mood with this. But I honestly, I don't know about you, but we're going into the theater. There were seriously some people that looked like they were inside the matrix going into it. (laughs) And and this was on a Sunday, not on the release day. They got black leather trench coats on a Sunday. This guy was wearing all red. But I thought he came from the Matrix. I think he was trying to get plugged even goofier, in. even goofier. He's one of the more out there characters. Uh, but um, another piece of the movie that when you go to a movie, movies that you like, there's always a common theme. There's an underlying theme of it that you're like, okay, yeah, I could see how that plays into it. This one that I didn't even realize till getting home and then going on IMDb, it was the choice is yours. And I didn't even realize that. And I had to go back and think about it, which I think is an issue with the, with the, with the script that they have it on the uh, movie posters. That's supposed to be that anybody can make their choice, the choice, the choice. But it wasn't until I actually thought about it like, oh, yeah, that is actually a part of it. And I didn't get that. I got to say, I did. I I enjoyed the movie. It, I felt a lot of the execution was very lackluster. The first trailer had me so very excited. And even at the beginning, I, there was a lot to to like, but as I got home and started to digest it, there was no stakes. Like mm-hmm. they got Neo out of the matrix for fun. <laughs> and then they go back to save Trinity just kind of for fun. There's like, it's not like the first three where if you don't do this, the humans will be destroyed in the real world. And they might just unplug all the ones in the matrix there. As far as we know, everyone's kind of living at peace, which is why Jada Pinkett Smith's character, Niobe is so upset. She's like, guys, just cool it. Like you don't have to do this. When we find Neo, he is a, 60-something game developer who made a very popular video game franchise called The Matrix, Mm -hmm. which uh, we've heard some people speculate was going to be what the movie was about, that the machine's best way to make you not believe you're in a simulation is to make it popular media. And I I like that idea. What I didn't like is that the whole premise of this movie is just kind of lambasting against reboot and remake culture while simultaneously making a kind of lazy remake and reboot. Like there was a way to continue doing what they set up as far as almost a satirical remake that would have been more satisfying. But what they did instead was they kind of 
it felt like there was a little bit of a cop out and I'm sure the studio had mm-hmm. something to do with it because there's a lot of points in this movie where they take a shit on Warner Brothers directly. They say Warner Brothers is going <laughs> to do this with or without us. So you better mm-hmm. get on board or they're going to ruin it, which answers the question of where did Lily go? Lana was the one who stepped up and said, okay, at least if I can have some sort of control over this project, hopefully we can steer the narrative. They don't ruin our thing. But I just felt like the end was very abrupt. It was very cheesy, Yeah. Um, but they set up a lot of cool ideas. Just the lack of stakes and the abrupt ending felt very, it was unfortunate because I was very mm-hmm. excited for this movie. I'll, I'll probably yeah. watch it again on HBO Max and, and kind of mull it over, but I would say it's my fourth favorite Matrix movie. Yeah. The And I have to say, I I own the Matrix movies on DVD. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoy them. The innovation, mm-hmm. the story, what it makes you feel and think after you watch them. To be honest, I mean, when I grew up watching Reloaded and the fight scene against all the Smiths, and (laughs) how many times did you take it frame by frame, just watching, just looking for all these little pieces with it? And I feel like the end coffee shop scene, there was just too much going on. And that's a prime example in my book of you just failed at that attempt, that you just, you can't, there's too much to watch (laughs) in it things the lighting with it was just like i think the lighting on top of what the cast was wearing there was fbi agents cops Mm -hmm. swat team it was just a failed attempt in my opinion at at a smith versus neo scene and especially when the analyst could just freeze it for a second i mean that kind of takes away the point of the one there so you're like yeah he could just easily just stopped it and just shot him in the head boom done but that scene was just a prime example in my book of just too much going on right there. I agree. And they totally kind of dropped the ball on making it clear because we had already seen them do swarm mode before that the analyst initiated where it's just basically NPCs in this matrix that turn into attack drones. That way they don't have to write over, they said they don't have to write over real people's code anymore (laughs) to create agents. So Mm -hmm. they set that up. And then Smith says, oh, I can be everybody. So we don't even know because the, the analyst had already set off swarm mode. So was it Smith attacking them or was it the analyst? It was not clear at all. It also was not clear why the bullet time thing was so lame Mm -hmm. (laughs) and why Smith could just ignore it. They didn't, they didn't answer that at all. Also, they didn't answer what Smith is doing, what he cares about, why he cares about it. (laughs) What's the Merovingian up to? Like they don't answer any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I get it. If like in number two, it was okay because number two came out in May and number three came out in December or November. So anything that you were like, what the hell is happening? They didn't answer it. There was a promise of an answer eventually. With this one, there is no, there's not even any rumors of a number five. So to have all these kind of things that are like, okay, well, what next? You know, we know Keanu is making, or is is done with um, John Wick 4. We know he might go into the Marvel universe. So were they going to make number five when he's 70 years old and we find finally find out what the hell was happening a couple positives i mean i did love keanu's portrayal picking up neo felt really good i like the mind like the mind f parts at the beginning you see that i didn't cuss <laughs> the mind <laughs> f parts in the beginning where you know for a second you're like wow it would be kind of like a huge almost like middle finger but like cool subversion if they had said no he really is just going crazy i thought that would have been a really interesting thing where maybe I thought it would have been really neat if instead of going 30 minutes till he finds out that, okay, this is the matrix. We're kind of back to what we used to do. Mm-hmm. But maybe we go an hour into this movie and he keeps having these dreams and waking up and he does not know what's happening and he can get committed. He can get 5150. He's held under like, you know, security hold or whatever. And he's like, you know, I can't take it. And then he goes and maybe like self harms or something. And as he's like, you know, passing away, he sees to the other side and wakes up in like the last 20 minutes could be like this big action thing where the whole beginning could have mm. been more of a mystery, but mm. I feel like they kind of half asked both where they went, like they just cut right in the middle, no more mystery, all action, but with no explanation to keep on the positive train. I'm going to say that my favorite actually character was Jonathan Groff Smith's. I thought it was actually a clever little spin on Smith. But of course, there's a little bit of confusion with it because you're like, why is he helping Neo? Uh, At the end, he does say that their shared interest is over. I thought that his acting, I thought it was the best in the movie of anybody. Mm -hmm. I think it was a clever little twist with his outfits, how he (laughs) took it. Um, And it actually took me a little bit to think about it, about the whole Neo flying. But with Smith, he could do a lot more. But then you have to realize that Smith is a program and he doesn't need time to regenerate um, and why he was younger. But I would say that that character 
was a positive. I think some of the other ones did not really hit with me. Um, the cast that was part of the ship, um, I can't even tell you. I, I can't tell you what one of their names were, but other than that, <laughs> that's about it. I'm going to talk a little bit about the effects because this was something that I read was that uh, one of the end scenes where they jump off one a, a building, it's in San Francisco, that they had to jump off the roof, Neo and Trinity, they had to do it like 20 plus times. <laughs> and it looks like they have wires. And in my book, I'm like, um, they have better effects these days. <laughs> you can make it look like they're not hanging from wires off the side of a building. Like, was that necessary? How much did that probably cost? You could have put it somewhere else in my book. But uh, I felt like that was, just, I just, was, I kind of cringed. I'll be honest when I saw that. Because you, you clearly, it, it looks like they're just hanging there by wires. Yeah. And them flying around holding hands was so, like, it just so it just didn't feel right. Like, it didn't feel like this universe. It felt so cheesy. Yeah. And the thing you said about when Smith mentions, oh, our mutual interests have, have parted. Why? Because he shoots the analyst in the head, yeah. right? But then four minutes later, the analyst is just sitting in his office again, which, by the way, explodes for no reason before they come inside. Remember that? <laughs> you see them approaching. His building, his office explodes, and then they land. And there's no explanation. So Smith like didn't accomplish his goal because the analyst, yeah, he shot him in the head, but now he just has the program designer mad at him. He didn't clear himself up. He didn't free himself or anything. I wanted to love this movie so much and I I did enjoy it. It sounds like I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I just expected more because I know how like thoughtful, well, tightly knit their storytelling of the matrix can and has been i mean hell they even did a whole video game that happens in between two and three that you see the characters come in and out of the movie and then you play mm -hmm. the video game and like it weaves together perfectly but this movie just feels kind of like they just threw it at the wall what you mentioned about uh the end part at the um the uh analyst house or his office whatever it is um that was one i was saving for later but i was honestly confused like that trinity could just literally rip someone's face off and then snap her fingers and all of a sudden they're fixed like I didn't, I, that didn't make sense to me. How did she get that power? Like, or, yeah. well, that wasn't a power that Neo had. I, I've never seen him just blow up somebody's face and then often snap their, his fingers. Um, so a lot of questions with that. And I was honestly confused with, wait, is NPH's character, the analyst, is he different than the architect? Like what? I didn't understand that for, I, at first I thought they were supposed to be the same character, but they're definitely titled different names. So he's basically the the new architect. But I also thought like the upgrades to IO just kind of felt flat for me. Mm. Like, oh, cool. You can blend the programs into the human world um, and you make plants. That's really it. Okay. I thought that too. Like it, it honestly, I think the IO stuff and the machine civil war they talked about and mm. like the sentience taking the the programs giving them bodies that was the most interesting thing in the movie and they kind of just like oh yeah there was a civil war don't worry about yeah. it show us that that would have been yeah. sweet give me an animatrix two of that show me what happens with these um programs getting sentient bodies i thought it would have been cool maybe they go and they think neo's still in the matrix they pull him out it just his code exists that would have been mm. cool twist to have they pull him out there is no physical neo anymore but his code was so strong that it persists whenever, wherever there is a matrix, Neo still exists in it. And because Neo exists, maybe he's creating a Trinity and they can put them both into those holographic, you know, metal magnetic bodies. That's a whole new like setup now. Now he is the machines that could work for the whole trilogy of them uniting both races. And at the end, maybe Neo could be the thing that brings humans and machines together. And like, they're truly one now because it's the mind of a person with the body of a machine. And that could have ended a whole new trilogy and brought it full circle. Hey, mm, yeah. everybody, I'm free. Okay. I get off about three o'clock in the afternoon most days. I can write <laughs> after that. And you hit on something that I'm sure a lot of people are asking about. I mean, wondering about, okay, how did they all of a sudden get back to where they were before? Like, how did the world just turn to crap automatically? <laughs> and they just had like a flash scene. Like that was it. Mm. Like with the machines fighting each other. And that's all you get. So a lot of questions in that department that they easily could have expanded on that would have been more fascinating than what unfolded in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So what, um, it sounds like you did want to enjoy it and that you did enjoy pieces of it. Did you have a favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene? Honestly, I really did like 
the parts where Neo is kind of trying to figure it out. I thought that was some of some of the better parts of even Matrix One. I think it gets overlooked, but that opening like sci-fi horror portion where you know they put the implant in his belly button, like that was really cool. And I felt that they did that very interesting again. And it was cool to see it in a different way where like, let's make this guy super successful. Let's put it all on front street. Just the idea of instead of going subliminal messaging, they're going super liminal messaging. Like in that episode of the Simpsons where Bart joins the boy band and they make that song called Ivanette Niage, which is secretly join the Navy. <laughs> and then he goes to rebel against the Navy recruiters. Like, Hey, I don't want to do this. And they go, don't worry, we don't need you anymore. And they go, why? He's like, because we found people are too dumb for subliminal messaging. We're going super liminal. And then the Navy recruiter dips his head out the window and goes, Hey, join the Navy. And the guy goes, okay. So <laughs> I thought that was interesting. <laughs> that was my favorite scene. Okay. I walked into it super excited, even though my tone and all the stuff I said over the last couple minutes doesn't sound like it. I was super pumped. And when the movie started, I was like, oh man, already pretty cool. Now the opening scene using the water as a surface to reflect the light as the SWAT team's coming in. I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's what we like to see. (laughs) But then after that was just a complete mess in my book. But I actually don't have a favorite scene. And that's oh, man. pretty mean to say. It, it, that's why it's so upsetting. Because I think we both are on the same page of just wanting to enjoy it. I obviously had a better time with it than you did. But I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. If for something you really care about, when they feel like they maybe didn't put in the effort or thought that they could have, yeah. it's kind of a letdown. A piece that could have fell into it that uh, I only joke to Ron after, but is 100% true, was that it honestly sounded like my whole theater was coughing up a fucking lung. And oh, that's another F bomb to cut out. You have to cut We're that one out because I really say the F word. <laughs> that's probably the first one I've ever said in any podcast. So that's how mad I was about I'm it. I'm going to go back and bleep out mine. It was disgusting that people, if you are any type of sick, cold, whatever, just stay home. You don't need to go to the theater, you don't need to ruin it for everybody, especially for a movie that's on HBO Max, you guys. Honestly, 80%. I mean, the theater was maybe 50% full already, and 80% just sounded like they were coughing up a lung. It was disgusting, and I think that probably ruined a part of the the movie for me. All right, you heard it here, everybody. Tyler, love the movie, hates coughing. (laughs) All right, man, so I guess that's it for Matrix. Check it out. Like I said, let us know how you feel about it. Hopefully, if they do get around to another one, they, they tie this up and they kind of put in that thought and they put in that time to make it innovative like we want. But I don't blame them if they don't because that's hard. Innovation is very, very hard. We're going to start cooling it down. Let's start with talking about what we're watching. Ronald, what's on your deck? One of the things I'm watching will lead into my WTF moment in a bit. Uh, but there's a couple of things I'm currently watching. I literally paused the thing I was just watching to start prepping for this podcast. And I am on episode three of Hawkeye. I did it, y'all. You know, it, it does pick up more from episode one, but my complaints kind of stay the same in that it's hard because Hawkeye is not a character who's very beloved. Things that's most interesting about him is when he bounces off characters we do like. So to see him with this brand new character of Kate Bishop, who they say she's 22, but Haley Steinfeld plays her like she's 13 years old. Like it's just this, she's <laughs> constantly talking in just the worst times and not in the way where Iron Man does it. We're like, okay, well, this guy is going to win because he's got this freaking nuclear reactor he's flying around in. She's just this getting in the way and like talking constantly. And then Hawkeye, again, is kind of devoid of charisma. So it's two characters that don't bring anything to the table for me. So it's a bit of a mm-hmm. chore. But on the other end of that, I'm also watching the sequel to the 2010 film which is a sequel to the 2006 to 2008 Saturday Night Live skit, MacGruber. You watching <laughs> MacGruber on Peacock, dude? I see the ads for it on Peacock, but I'm not watching it. MacGruber is fire. I cannot <laughs> wait. Me and my cousin shotgunned about three or four of them yesterday. Oh, I love MacGruber. It's hilarious. I cannot believe that they're still letting him go as R-rated as he goes. One, like just a little peek of that is, you know, James Bond always has like the moving title screen. It's always very ornate. Mm-hmm. Well, MacGruber has one too, but it's flames and then his silhouette. And it's like himself crawling over his own uh, naked butt crack. It's just so weird and irreverent Mm -hmm. and wildly violent that I I love it. I adore it. I can't wait to see how it turns out. What are you watching? Well, uh, we just finished last night, the season two of The The Witcher. Mm -hmm. And um, leaves you in a little bit of a cliffhanger. I'm not going to say anything, but... um, well-made series. They obviously pour a ton of money into it. So I know that we'll get, we'll be getting more of that. 
uh, halfway through the first episode of Boba Fett, which just released oh, today yeah. as we're recording. You can guess now where when when we recorded this episode. <laughs> um, hey, quick question. Pour a lot of money to that. Go ahead. Uh, as far as Witcher season two, I haven't started it yet. I am looking forward to it. How's Henry Cavill's rig? His rig? Yeah, his rig. His rig. His, he, he walks around on his rig, his body. <laughs> Not his hog, Tyler. His rig. Tyler, not talking about wieners. How's his rig looking? Is he meaty? This is the fitness portion of today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. You'll have to cut that out. Cut what out? <laughs> so, Tyler, how's Henry Cavill's rig doing in this? Is he meaty? I, I would say that it goes along with what you said last week with Henry Cavill being a biff, a, a buff. A biff boy. A, a buff, studly man. <laughs> he de- he definitely stands out in a crowd. You're telling me that he doesn't look era appropriate for, I know this isn't a real time, but like a medieval man wouldn't be as muscular as he is? Uh, well, I mean, he is playing like uh, the Witcher, the ultimate killer guy. Ooh. And I mean, he fights humongous monsters. I don't see him doing any types of lifts in between, so I don't know how he got that big. But um, maybe his arm is really heavy. That could be it. But he's uh, I don't think about that, in my <laughs> opinion. I don't that doesn't cross my mind when I'm watching The Witcher, I, to be honest. I love that. Like in um, Jungle Cruise, where nobody mentions like, hey, how's The Rock 280 pounds? Like, how is he so huge? Yeah, I think that goes along with what my wife and other people that film with me know that I don't really look at like hair and like what people's like general appearance are, unless like. <laughs> As long as they look good, <laughs> I'm not really looking at all those details. So Henry Cavill sticking out like a sore thumb never even crossed my mind. <laughs> now you can't unsee it, huh? The other shows are uh, still watching Dexter. And then I think I mentioned in this podcast, that I just have stuff on when I when I work just for background <laughs> noise. And I've been going back through the on, uh, back through Entourage. Mm. Were you, did you ever watch Entourage? Vinny and the boys, baby, they're back. Avion Tequila, James, James Cameron. Maserati. We're just getting to the worst season, so uh, I'll probably turn it off pretty soon. But uh, <laughs> that's what I've been watching as we now swing back to a piece that I missed and that Ron made sure to remind me of was the WTF moment of the of the week. Ron, what is that moment for you? I know it sounds like bad writing, but my WTF moment is exactly what it was last time I did a WTF moment. And I just finished just like that episode four. And my golly, boy. It's continuously some of the laziest, like cringiest writing I've ever seen in a very high budget film. I mean, the set direction, the cameras, the lighting is wonderful, but they've done a thing now where I know there were complaints when they decided to bring back Sex in the City because people said, hey, do we really need another show about these very rich white women? Like, you know, just to be fair, like there's a lot of those shows. They had eight seasons and two movies. <laughs> do we need another one? So HBO said, yeah, we do. But they also said, check this out. So by episode four, every single one of the main characters, Samantha, no, Samantha's gone. Sorry. <laughs> She's just not in the show. Miranda, uh, the other one and the other one, uh, Carrie, and I don't know what the hell you But all three of the main ladies have paired off <laughs> with a person of color or two. So now instead of them interacting with one another and being their tight knit friend group, which to be fair is what made the show popular. They very rarely, maybe five, maybe five to seven minutes of each 45 minute long episode, do they spend together or interacting the rest? They, they spend paired off with a person of color and they spend the whole time making absolute assholes out of themselves. Like, Oh, Charlotte's the other one. Charlotte goes to a party with a friend of hers. It's her only black friend. And she goes and finds out her and her husband, only white people there. So she goes, Oh good. I know this woman. Hey, Gwen, blah, blah. And she does this whole spiel about how she hasn't seen this woman, Gwen in a year. And how's her son doing? And she goes, Oh, I'm not Gwen. I know what you're talking about, though. That's just another black woman you're thinking of. And it's so cringy. And it's like, what is the point of this? So the whole show is like that. They'll all say or do something really cringy. And then the show will will make a moment to go, hey, don't do that. And then they all pat themselves on the back for bringing up that old rich white people sometimes do and say racist things. And that if they acknowledge it, that's all they need to do. It's so ham-fisted and lazy that I can't stop watching (laughs) So that's my WTH moment of the week because we use up all our Fs. I thought you were going to be talking about Hawkeye and I was excited to hear it. But <laughs> now I'm, I'm I'm sitting back just trying to digest it and I'm not excited. <laughs> the only thing that came to my mind <laughs> was that uh, 
your experience is probably what I felt when I and I saw I watched like half an episode of on HBO Max they have this like Wolfgang Puck um, series called The Event, and it's literally just like the, the most lavish events and like what people just pour into these events, and I'm just like. I could care less about this. This isn't fascinating to me. And I, I stopped watching after the first episode. I saw that series. It's because I have um, close friends and family who are in like the culinary industry. I like watching that side, but I agree what you brought up. Like it is crazy to see how much money people pour into things that just don't matter and don't help anybody. It doesn't matter at all. You know, maybe next WTF moment, I'll finally finish Hawkeye and we can talk about that. Or hopefully something crazy happens in real life. Hopefully those are usually the best. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So what are your workouts looking like this week? And we kind of hit it on that up top in the warm up, but let's go through it. Yeah. You know, with this time of the year, it's generally time when I'm getting ready for my next season. If you follow any of us on Instagram, if you follow me specifically, you'll see that I do these things called the Highland Games. And I'm getting ready for my next season, which will kick off at the end of March. And so generally December is just getting my body ready and not trying to put too much stress on it too early. Because generally these things, these things called peaking when you are a competitor. So just getting my body ready. And one of the things that I'm going to leave as a, a lasting note for this episode, it, because a lot of people getting ready for the news resolutions, a lot of them fitness related. And they think that, oh, I didn't work out on Monday. I didn't work out on Tuesday. Oh, my week's just ruined. Working out does not have days set to it. Mm-hmm. If you miss Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're starting all of a sudden on Thursday, it doesn't matter. All that matters is you get in and you get that body moving. So don't take it too hard on yourself. That's to me the piece of advice I leave for our listeners. Couldn't agree more, Mr. Tyler. Couldn't agree more. It's like sometimes I, I might know about exercise, but sometimes, I mean, I don't. Somebody on Instagram probably knows more. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody has three letters next to their name probably knows more. Any big lift goals or anything you're working towards pre, uh, for preseason? I'd say that in 2022, uh, my week, my, one of my weaker lifts is always the deadlift. And been putting a lot more emphasis on low back strength. Mm-hmm. So I think getting that deadlift up, I would be nice to have a 500 pound deadlift, Oof, but we'll see. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Um, my lifts are going well. Today, I actually didn't have a hamstring dominant leg day. I actually had a full leg day <laughs> because uh, with New Year's coming up, there'll be a couple of days I won't be able to get into the gym. Um, and I wanted to make sure I didn't miss my, my big lifts uh, because I do have a general program structure I'm working through. Uh, as far as, you know, the stuff I want to focus on, it needs to get done during the week. So for my lower body training, I'm focusing on explosiveness and mobility strength. Yeah. Hypertrophy. Yeah. I tend to have very large legs no matter what. So I'm, I'm more work for uh, athletic performance, for my lower body. For instance, I had tested my vertical a couple of weeks ago, a little under 34 inches. I'd like to get it closer to 40 because I want to spend my thirties dunking something I never did when I played high school basketball. <laughs> because for some reason I was playing center as a freshman, even though we had guys who were tall, but I wasn't one of them. I just played like a linebacker. And tomorrow I'm going in for an upper body push day. As far as my upper body work, I train a little bit for athletic performance, but because I do performing stuff and you know, we train people, it is important to look good. So a couple lifts I'll do for prioritizing strength. And then I'll finish the workout with you know, a little more bodybuilding work to look good. And then my legs keep me moving well. And that's what my workouts are looking like going into the new year. Very interesting. Thank you. I'm sure everyone was waiting for that part, huh? <laughs> yes. Any lasting notes before we round out our last recording episode, even though this will drop in 2022? Oh, yeah. Any lasting notes? Whew. So my biggest note for everybody, and, and actually, funny enough, Tyler and I were discussing this before the podcast started, is that sometimes the start can be very overwhelming. Don't be afraid to make the start so small that it feels ridiculous not to do. Uh, a friend of mine explained this to me. And he was like, you know, if someone wants to start flossing their teeth, but just can't find the time, they'd be like, hey, you brush your teeth every day, right? Sure. So floss one tooth, floss one tooth every single day. And eventually you're like, you know, I'm already in here. I'll do the second tooth. Before you know it, you're flossing every day. It's the same thing with fitness. It's the same thing with any habit you want to build up. Make the start so easy and so simple that you'd feel just insane not doing it. And before you know it, those habits build up. And Tyler put it perfectly, progressively overload, just like you do in the gym and you get better and you can work on yourself and become the person you want to be and build better habits. And I hope and wish the best for all of you in the new year. 
I love it. See, I can be a little sincere sometimes too. Sometimes. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Well, it's been a great year. I'm so happy we're back at the show. Uh, I guess it's time for me to sign us off, right? It's that time. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for spending these last couple weeks with us of the year. We look forward to a new year with you. We know you could spend your time doing anything else, but you're here with us and we really appreciate it. Please, if you get a chance, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at moviebuffs underscore podcast. And if you like this episode, please share it. Leave us a five-star review on any of your favorite platforms. It really helps the show grow and we greatly appreciate it. Check the links in the description to check out all of the great products that help support the podcast and keep the mics hot. Join us next week when we will sing all of the lyrics to Smash Mouth's hit single, All Star, for 95 minutes straight. Stay buff, my friends. Happy New Year. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.